from Impact Fashion. It's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I go solo to talk about the new Spring 2021 collection. I share the careless mistake I made that complicated the whole process of creating it, how I developed my own relationship with modesty and creativity, and what all that has meant to me in the past few weeks. Hello, lovelies. It's just you and me today. I love these solo episodes. I always feel like they're just conversations just between the two of us. You know, we have guests together a lot and hearing their perspectives is always great, but there's something special about sitting down with just one person. And today I'm sitting down with you and that's really exciting. It is the end of a very, very long day of working on getting the new spring collections out. The timeline for this spring collection through nobody's fault but my own was actually really 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 tight um I made a a huge mistake I didn't backtracking for a little bit so my spring and fall launches are pretty much tied to the Jewish holiday calendar you know spring comes out before Passover or Pesach and fall comes out somewhere you know before Rosh Hashanah time and I just kind of have it in my head that Pesach is in April, because Pesach is always in April. Um, and this year, Pesach is in March, <laughs> which who gave it permission to do that? So Pesach this year is March 27th, which I did not realize until probably like the beginning of February or so. Normally around the beginning of February is when I would start like ramping up prep for the spring line and Pesach is usually like April 15 or so or somewhere around that range. So I'll usually start with the like I'll start around the beginning of February. I'll make out my calendar. Okay, how many how many looks do I want to have? When do I need to have the first samples done? When do I need to have things into the factory by? When do things need to go about with like how does that need to happen and this year I, I did that at the beginning of February like I always do and it was oh shoot I thought I have two months to plan this Pesach is in six weeks you know production takes a certain number of weeks sampling takes a certain number of weeks there are not enough weeks here and I had a slight panic attack not like a not a clinical panic attack just like a little a little freak out and went to and and I was I was speaking things over with my mom and with my husband and I was saying oh I need to I think you know I'm Pesach is in six weeks and my mom was like yeah I know why do you think everyone's been talking about prepping for Pesach be like I don't know I wasn't really paying attention so there we go so that's how we ended up here so this um getting this collection together was actually really really quick um something that you know I had about two, three weeks shaved off of my schedule. You know, when things are really quick, it means that they're also really intense. You know, there are certain things, I've learned this recently, there are certain things that take up the amount of space that you give them. Like wedding planning. Wedding planning is stressful if you're getting married in a month, two months, or two months or a year. It just is. And it takes up all of that stress. And 
apparently collection planning falls into the same category. <laughs> I was just talking with my mom yesterday, you know, as we're talking about getting launched, and she's like, I can't believe you pulled this off. I can't believe this happened. And I said, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and, and she's like, well, well, you did it. You you made it happen. So, so yeah, it, it happened. And what's crazy is that that time like these this past you know I pulled this together in basically around six weeks and that six weeks or so has been an incredible time especially in the social media space and especially in the from women space like this has been this is this is historical what we're you know what we're living through and it it, all of what's been happening over the past couple of weeks has been making me think about how I was taught modesty and how I was taught, you know, the quote right way to behave. I don't know about you, but in the schools that I went to, the uh, modesty teachings always, you know, the way that they taught us, you know, why it's important to be or why you should feel special to be more covered up, always went something along the lines of this. Mamala, when you go into a real jewelry store, the beautiful, most precious, even among the jewelry, all of it's real, all of it's beautiful, but the most precious pieces, they're in a vault, in the back, behind a lock, in a velvet case, in their own box, they are hidden away. You, Mamala, are that precious gem. Insert eye roll here. And I, uh, as a kid, I always hated that. I always, always, always hated it. I just thought it sounded so stupid. I just thought that it sounded, I don't know, like, weirdly, it sounded so dependent on other people. You know, it sounded so much like something that you were doing because somebody else made you. You know, it sounded even even like, I don't know, like it sounded like my teachers had a weirdly, I mean, oppressive is maybe not the right word, but it's the only one that I can think of, relationship to the way that they dressed. You know, it seemed like this was not a decision that they were making. It seemed like it was a decision that was being made for them. It seemed, and really, honestly, it was, it's not, it seemed like, it was obvious. It was obvious that they were following someone else's rules and not really honoring their own convictions, I guess, or their own standards. And, and I, I never really rebelled. Like, I never really, like, didn't, like, I don't know, like, dressing modestly was never really difficult for me. Um, but I also didn't, I also didn't buy their reasoning and I never and and I never really did and I just and it wasn't that I made peace with that it was that I found my own space within that um as a kid I started sewing around the time that I was 10 I started like I'd always been interested in fashion and I started sketching around the same time and I I used I used to read a lot I still read a lot not as much as I used to and not as much as I would love to but side note um and I used to you know, I remember reading somewhere that um, inspiration is everywhere. So I sat with my sketchbook and I watched TV and I just, whatever I saw on the screen that 
caught my eye I drew it and I made a thing from it I actually remember I remember this so distinctly I made a skirt with the NBC logo you know that colorful peacock so mine was I was like well, we have to change it so I put mine upside down and I fanned it out and it had all these like colorful rainbow sections I still love getting inspo from TV I do it all the time um there's just like such rich colorful immersive worlds it's yeah it's mind-blowing and one of the other things that I had read around the time when I was really coming into my own with my own style like around the time when I was in high school I read or I heard it somewhere that creativity without limits is not really creativity making something when you can do anything is really not that impressive you know make anything okay here's something great congratulations like it's it's just not anything really to write home about and once I heard that that was when I started thinking well you know I've got these limits I've got these you know I've got to be covered to here here and there so what am I going to do within those limits what am I going to do within those spaces and once I started to see those limits not as an end point but as a starting point as this is the space where I start then then that's when things really started to get exciting. You know, that's when I really started to develop my own style, to develop my own way of looking at patterning, to my own way of looking at design, my own way of looking at dressing, really. Just myself in general was really just changing that shift. And it wasn't, I didn't do it from a, like, I'm, I'm not like a really fluffy duffy kind of person. I'm not someone who's like, I want to become more... Uh, closer to God through my modesty like it's just not my thing um it's just I'm a I'm a much more practical person so for me it was just well I'm I'm gonna dress this way so how do I feel good about dressing this way and finding my own voice within it was really important like just my own style with it and it and it happened naturally and it happened just it it just it happened in the most you know high school is one of those times where you're really deciding who you are as a person and during the time that I decided who I was as a person I've really bent into the challenge of cute and modest you know I really I really leaned into that during that time and that was really exciting that was really really exciting to do so when you know when some people that I knew were kind of leaning into the challenge of how far can I push this envelope you know how 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 short can I make this without getting in trouble how low can I make this without getting in trouble for me it was how cute can I make this while still keeping it this way and and that was a huge shift in the way that I thought about dressing in general and I kind of feel like the the thing that's happening now with free chava with all of these Agunot, which is something that we've spoken about on the podcast before. I did the episode with Rivka Meyer in November. Well, we had recorded it previously, sometime in December, I think. And I had her on the podcast because I thought that she was a unicorn. I thought that, you know, I heard of this woman who had waited 10 years for her get, 10 years for her Jewish divorce to go through. And I thought, wow, that's bonkers. I got to talk to her. You know, it's like someone telling me that, you know, they have a third head. Well, what's that like? It it just wasn't anything. It was so, I was like, that's, that's nuts. Like, and I, and I so thought that she was an outlier. 
I really did. I thought that she was so special. I thought that she was someone who I had to talk to because she is someone who is willing to talk to me about something that is so terrible, so awful, and and is willing and felt like there was a she felt like she had a calling in in driving awareness around it. So I had her on the show. And we spoke about it. And at the time, the episode did not do very well. Well, you know, people didn't really listen. It got a lot of attention from the English community because let me tell you, London, you show up. That was, you know, it got a lot of attention in Rifka's community. But, you know, from people at large who usually listen to the podcast, it was like, wow, that's interesting. But it didn't really get any traction. I wasn't really expecting it to. Um, you know, much in the same way if I would have interviewed a you know, I don't know, like I said, someone with a third head, like it just wasn't, it just wasn't anything that, and I, and I still can't wrap my head around that, that honestly, and all of this free Java stuff, the fact that it is, I don't want to say that it's so pervasive, because it's not, it is still an anomaly, but it's way more common than we think, and it upsets me so much that I did not realize how common it was it upsets me so much that I was not aware that there are women in our community who have been waiting 5 10 15 sometimes 20 years for a get that's unacceptable that's how did we let it go so far you know when like everyone else I've been following the the developments really closely and um, everything that I see, you know, I'm following Dahlia and uh, Dahlia Ozil, who's doing incredible work around this and just what she's posting. And, you know, she says, she, my old speech impediment is coming out. She says, post this. And I say, okay. And I do. And I myself, my own little version of activism is that I have these little pink rosebud earrings that I'm wearing until Chava's free. And that, you know, and, and all that's a part of that. And I'm posting daily reminders and, and those kinds of things. But that's just a drop in the bucket to what people who are doing in the, you know, in the, in the real space. And you hear, and so you hear of Chava and then all these mountains get moved. And then the whole story unfolds and you start hearing about this person who, with words that I cannot use in. I will not use my true feelings of this, but this supposed human mayor kin. And then you're seeing like these New York Times articles from 2014. And I was trying to figure out like how old was I in 2014 that I didn't know that this guy was getting remarried when his first wife still didn't have a get. How did I not know that? Well, 2014 is about seven years ago. So I guess I was 18 and I guess I just didn't know. I, I like I don't know how that happened and that the the idea that we as a community could be letting something like this happen and that I could not even know about it I mean I guess 18 I'm like only t- barely an adult <laughs> but that was really upsetting to me and in all of that you know in, in thinking of all of that because honestly like all of that really corresponded so closely to the creation of the two new pieces for the collection it kind of feels like from kite 
is going through the same change that I went through in high school, except that instead of, well, it's kind of the same, but Frumkite's changing the way that it views women, and Frumkite is catching up to the rest of the world in a in so, in some ways, and I'm hesitant to even use that phrase because I do think that there are some things that our community does that are beautiful that you don't really see in the wider world and that we need we should hold on to and I understand that part of being an insular closed community that looks out after each other is that these kinds of things naturally get swept under the rug because they're more comfortable there and in a lot of ways it feels like that almost has to be a trade-off and now people are maybe starting to see that that's not true that we can talk about the things that are hurting us behind closed doors and have those not be at the expense of our general loving and caring nature and that's really exciting so from guys changing and what's a clothing company to do (laughs) really right you know where does uh where does a clothing line that mainly caters to firm women i do have non-firm clients hi (laughs) and i also do just want to say i know that i've spoken about this a bunch of times before here on the podcast most of the people who listen to this podcast are from our orthodox and if you listen to it and are not i do hope that you feel welcome here because you are um and i I am going to talk about the issues that are specific to my community but i hope that we do it in a way that makes everyone feel open to, uh, and 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 helps everyone understand our community a little bit more so yeah I cater mostly to from women I cater you know mo- all in a modest market so where does a clothing company fit in this new narrative should clothing companies even be involved in this new narrative it was never really there's been a lot of talk around you know who's posting who's not posting not everyone chooses to use their business platforms for a social cause which i completely understand it is not without risk um the reception that i've gotten has been with the exception of i think i can think of two messages out of hundreds uh completely positive and i feel strongly enough about this issue that i'm willing to lend my business platform to it But I did think, is it appropriate for, you know, a clothing company is on the shallow side, I think. I mean, I I know that we are bonded by more than just clothes, but is it, was it appropriate to involve a clothing company in this? And I think it is. Well, I obviously think it is because I did it, but I came to the conclusion that I believe that it is because I think that the way that we view women is also tied to the way that we view women's physical bodies and the way way that we view women getting dressed and the way that we view who deserves to be able to get dressed for the longest time i hated the phrase put together put together was a type put together was a way to differentiate people from one another put together was not a virtue in my mind in my mind put together was another thing that we needed to be along with you know good wives and mothers and people who support their home and become I don't know teachers or something I I I don't know not no offense to teachers but the 
put together was another box to check to fit somebody else's version of what perfect looked like. And I was not interested in that. And so in thinking about it, the thing that I came to, I guess the thing that I realized is that in this hopefully new era of from kite, clothing companies really have a responsibility to be inclusive. It is your obligation to stand up for the way that we see from women by making sure that all from women have access to decisions about what goes in their closet. And what I mean by that is not just giving them a dress, a top, a skirt. Give them style. Give them choices. You know, for far too long, and it is still the case, there are, you know, every now and then a brand will come out with something that is size inclusive. And it's a tent dress or a parachute skirt. It's got an elastic waist. It's big and floofy. Maybe it's got some tears in it, some sparkle on it. But it doesn't really have design. It, a lot of times it looks like just a lot of fabric wrapped around a human. Which if that's what you like, by all means go for it. And I'm in the mood for that sometimes also. But don't make that the only option. Don't make that the only option that you have. And I think that's where clothing companies fit into this. I think that, you know, what kind of message are we sending about women and about women's bodies if we can't even clothe them? If we can't even... If we can't even clothe them. I mean, yeah. So as we've been kind of coming into our own with the with with free chava and with this aguna movement and i and i hope that it continues and i'm going to do my best to be a part of the continuation of that i think it's time to come into our own with our closets also i think it's time to find our voice with the way that we dress also i think it's time to blossom for lack of a better word because that's what's in my head right now and and that's why the name for the blossom dress was it fit it fit and i do have to address something this is important i did put up a contest to name the new dress now i did that for two reasons one i could not think of a good name two i was so overwhelmed with all the last minute stuff that i couldn't find the time to like sit quietly and think of a good name so i take full responsibility for the fact that i punted this one i put it out in the world did it as a giveaway and you lovely showed up there were some great great names there in the rules for the giveaway, I did say that it could not be something related to the print because I didn't want, this is a, a floral print dress and I am hopefully going to be making it in new styles, in new fabrics, and I didn't want the name to be tied to the print. And then I got a lot of flower sounding names. Read the instructions, people. But either way. And then I, I, but I take full responsibility for the fact that I did choose Blossom, which is a floral sounding name. Now, you're right. I broke my own rules. I did. I I just did. However, I really liked the name. <laughs> I really liked the name and I really liked what it meant. You know, when I when I hear blossom, I think of this. I think of coming into your own. I think of finding your voice. I ran up by a couple of friends and they went into the same space. And somebody a couple of other people also pointed out to me that I have a tulip dress that is fully black, so dresses can have flower names that don't have flowers on them which is a solid point. So I did, I 
chose the name Blossom. And I do apologize for everyone who was trying to think of non-floral names. Sometimes life is not fair. My bad. And so we have the Blossom dress. Now, the just for a quick descriptor, the uh, Blossom dress has a straight skirt. It's got a it's it's not a pencil skirt so it's not a tight skirt it's just a straight shape as opposed to a flared shape the top is draped and it's a cross pleat design so it actually the there's pleats at the hemline at not the hemline at the waistline that cross over each other and hang over the waist seam so you get this like beautiful draped effect that kind of looks like a twist but is really a cross um at the waist and the drape hangs over the seam so it's like this really seamless kind of look and the sleeve is this kind of billowy somewhere between a balloon and a bubble sleeve and the fabric is soft and silky and just feels fantastic against your skin i'm using the same t-shirt lining that is you know soft and breathable against your skin so that it's feels great and yes the print is floral <laughs> the print is floral it's purple and white flowers on a back back on a black background excuse me and it's really eye-catching and just perfect for spring i think in terms of body shapes i would say your triangles your inverted triangles and your rectangle shapes would do fantastic in this um, it has enough waist definition for those styles for those body shapes and it's really it's it's really all about finding your own space in in dressing modestly and just you know having great clothes it is like all of my styles available in sizes 2 through 24 and that's so yeah those are most of the details um if you do own anything from my line then the sizing is exactly the same so if you own something in let's say a size 16 buy the 16 if you own something in an 8 buy the 8 if you own something in a 24 get the 24 and it's shipping immediately it's sh when you're by the time that you're listening to this i will already be packing orders so you'll have plenty of time to get it before the holiday um you'll also have time to uh swap out sizes if you need before the holiday if you order around the time when this comes out and then in addition to the blossom dress, there's also a new flutter dress. The flutter dress was the runaway hit of last season. It's, I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love a flared dress with a good wide sleeve? So I brought it back in a new fabric that I found, which is this, I mean, it's incredible. It's a power stretch mesh. So it's got a lot of give to it. It's super comfortable. And it has this beautiful floral print on it that's, in a, a little bit of a smaller scale but the flowers are in a foil so they're not like printed on they're fused to the fabric and they they glitter and glow literally but without any like sequins or beads or anything that might get caught on stuff or are really hard to maintain and it's with on this white background that's like really colorful it's spring it's really just spring and the the thing that I love the most about the flutter dress is, is the sleeve, obviously. That's where the dress name comes from. It's a flutter sleeve that's like a wide, um, a wider cut that is just, you know, it, it 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 widens out from the top, you know, from the from the armhole. So it's not something, it's not like a bell shape. And the way that I guarantee elbow coverage is that it kind of has a built-in shell. The lining is um the the lining is a regular straight sleeve lining. 
So you're good. You're covered no matter what. I'd say the flutter dress works on triangle, hourglass, and rectangle shapes. Both pieces are versatile, comfortable, lightweight, perfect for spring, perfect to sweat in because I sweat. So we need something that we can sweat in and also really just perfect for conquering the world. So I hope you check them out. You can see them both at impactfashionnyc.com. There's a big old header there that says Shop Spring 21 and the dresses will be right there on top. And I hope hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be a part of your closet. And thanks for listening today. Here are the links that are living in the show notes this week. It's unsurprisingly the new blossom dress and the new foil flutter dress. You can swipe up on the cover art and you will see them there. The, um, you can also just go to impactfashionnyc.com. If you'd like to apply to advertise on the Be Impactful podcast, please send me an email at rifke at impactfashionnyc.com. To hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. They make my day. I literally smile so hard every time someone comes in. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.